Hey everyone, this is Pastor James. Welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. We are still in chapter 21, and it's important to remember that Jesus only has five days left until his betrayal and crucifixion. We are going to be talking about uh, Jesus' curse of the fig tree and maybe one other section today. As Jesus is getting ready to come back into Jerusalem as he just spent the night in Bethany. So, let's read together Matthew chapter 21 verses 18 through 22 and then we'll talk about it. So in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. And he went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. All right, so... When we left off last week, Jesus had left Jerusalem for the night to stay in Bethany. And this would have been quite understandable as Jerusalem would have been extremely overcrowded as so many people would have been coming to the city to celebrate the Passover feast. So Bethany was very close to Jerusalem. And it just so happened that Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived in Bethany. So if you look at Luke chapter 21 verse 37, um, that gospel actually says that it, every evening, Jesus went back to the Mount of Olives, which is in Bethany, and that's where he stayed every evening as they were leading up to the Passover feast. So chances are, Jesus and his disciples were staying at or near the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And um, so that's just kind of, I thought that was kind of a cool thing to throw in there today for you to realize. But it is neat to see that Jesus is hungry. That's what I want to draw your attention to as we move on. Sometimes we forget that... Um, Jesus was human, just as we are. He was hungry. Um, that's hard to think about. You know, Jesus, the Son of God, actually being hungry. And I don't know if you've ever been hungry. Perhaps there's been times where, you know, you were so hungry that you get hangry. Or uh, for, you know, maybe if you're older and you don't know what hangry is, basically you're angry because you're hungry. People just tend to get ill whenever they're, they're hungry and they want something to eat. But in this moment, Jesus kind of sh has shown us uh, probably one of his most vulnerable moments of humanity as he curses this tree because uh, it does not contain the fruit upon which he expects it to have. Um, you know, you, you don't know if Jesus did this because, uh, you know, the tree deserved it or Jesus was frustrated in this moment and he curses the tree. But it is interesting that how the disciples are amazed whenever they see this. Uh, I mean, think about all that they've witnessed up to this point. I mean, they've been with Jesus for pretty much three years now. The deaf have heard, the blind have seen, the crippled have walked, the deformed have been restored, leopard skin have been cured, demon-possessed men and women have been freed, the dead have been brought back to life, food has been multiplied for tens of thousands of people, Jesus has walked on water, he has calmed the storm, and yet him cursing a fig tree was amazing to them. And so, as you can imagine, it would just be quite interesting to just notice the dynamics of, of what still catches the eye of the disciples. Um, this amazed them. And to my knowledge, um, this is... This and the herd of swine, if you remember, Jesus cast the, the legion, the demons, uh, out of the man 
into the herd of swine and they run off the cliff. The cursing of the fig tree and Jesus casting those demons into the herd of swine are the only two miracles or or displays of power that were deteriorating in any way or destructive in in some way. Um, and, and you have to remember that um, everything that Jesus had done was basically was to restore or build up or or profit for something or you know someone profited from it there were these were the only two things the curse of the fig tree and the the swine running off the cliff were the only ones where loss was experienced as a result of Jesus displaying his power and, and you you have to remember that um, and, and understand this because this is very important that these two miracles that Jesus does of casting the demons into the swine and withering the fig tree they were not directed towards people yes you know an animal was affected yes a plant was affected but at the same time jesus never directed anger or hostility towards anyone so i'm sure it was out of the ordinary for the disciples to see something like this come from jesus because they have experienced him doing so many amazing miracles of building people up and, and performing miracles of like duplicating food up to this point so the disciples are amazed and they're wondering how the tree withered so fast. And like any good teacher, Jesus takes full advantage of the moment to teach. And the topic is, is faith. As Jesus' life is coming to an end, he wants to communicate the most vitally important things to his disciples. And faith is it's of the utmost importance. It's the key component of what it's going to take to build the kingdom of God, to, to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's going to take faith. And what I want to bring to your attention today is that Jesus says, if you have faith and, the key word in this sentence is and. Okay, faith is the key of teaching, but in this sentence, what I want to bring your attention to is and. So if you have faith and do not doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Have you ever considered that it is possible for you, for me, for all of us to have faith and yet still doubt? You can do both at the same time. You know, I remember the passage where Jesus sends the disciples out. I think it's in Matthew chapter 10 for the first time. And they try to cast out demons, but they're unable and they fail. And, and there's one account where the disciples try to cast out demons and, and the demon-possessed people actually beat up the disciples and embarrass them. But there was a certain amount of faith they had to have in order to try it, to try casting out the demons. So they had faith enough to try it, but they didn't have enough of faith or they had enough doubt to cause them not to be able to carry it through. So perhaps we as people have faith and believe that God can do anything but simply doubt that He will, and we chalk it up sometimes to this holy sin, but it may be the Lord's will that this not happen. And, and you know, for, for, what, for whatever reason, Jesus seems to be communicating in this moment that there is a need for us to believe and to be able to do things like this. Now, I want to be transparent with you today in this study. I believe that for me personally, in my life and in my spiritual life, I'm guilty of having faith, but yet still doubting. You know, in my ministry, 
I've been I've been in ministry since 2004. It's 18 years. It's you know getting close to 20 years now. I've been a Christian for about 22 years, and I've only been a part of one miraculous healing in my life, um, one miracle that I've seen and witnessed, and you know as we prayed over someone. And I'm sad to say that I have not experienced miracles like these regularly in my life. It's just not something the Lord has blessed me with at this moment. And I, I, I fully believe that God can do anything. I believe that God can raise the dead, that He can heal the sick. He can, I mean, He can do anything. But I fear that my doubt has kept me from seeing God's miracles done around me in a lot of things in life. And um, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I don't know what your life is like, you know, for... For people who have great faith, they experience great works of God. And perhaps today, um, you may lack faith. And, and perhaps you may be like me, and you have faith, but you also have doubt. But we must have faith and not doubt. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples to do. If you have faith and you do not doubt, you can do this and much, much more. If there, there could be no limit on the things that we could see God do in us and through us and around us if we believed and also did not doubt. And that's my biggest thing coming off the curse of the fig tree today. So let's move on. Let's read uh, verses 23 through 27, and we'll talk about the authority of Jesus being challenged. So when Jesus returned to the temple, he began teaching, and the leading priests and elders came up to him, and they demanded... By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right? And in verse 24, Jesus said, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question. Jesus replied, Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over amongst themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. All right, so Jesus has returned to the temple in this passage, and he's beginning to teach. And the religious leaders, however, uh, are quite stirred up about all the things that's going on, because Jesus has cleared out the temple, he's turned over tables, he's run out the, the people buying and the people selling. And they are looking for any way possible to bring him down and get him out of the picture. So they go to the root of the issue and they ask him the question of, where do you get the authority to do all these things? Why do you have the right to change what's been in place for years or hundreds of years or the whole time? And this was a tricky question because without God, there is no authority to do these things. But if Jesus claims to have authority from God, it will give the religious leaders the opportunity to condemn him for blasphemy by claiming he has authority from God. And so Jesus, amazingly, you know, he always answers the religious leaders with the perfect answer because he's Jesus and he is perfect. So he defers the question by asking a question of his own. Where did John's authority to baptize come from? Uh, heaven, or was it merely human? And this is quite the amazing tactic as you read about their plan to respond to Jesus as they consult among themselves and they claim, you know, they understand if they claim God, then Jesus is going to ask them the question, well, why didn't they believe John? Because John testified about Jesus being the Messiah. And if they don't give 
God's authority to John's teaching, then they will be mobbed because the people loved John. They respected him. They believed him to be a great prophet among them. And so the religious leaders decided to defer and respond with, well, we, we don't know. We're, we're not really sure. And so Jesus gives a simple reply, then I'm not going to answer your question either. Uh, Jesus, in this time, is still navigating through the whole turmoil with the religious leaders, fulfilling all the prophecies, waiting for the right time, and willingly giving his life as the sacrifice for our sins. It would have been an excruciating balancing act as he was fully aware of what was coming to him in the next few days. All the pain, all the suffering, Jesus is trying to maintain peace until it's time for him to allow chaos to take over and to give himself as a sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. So how about you? Um, You know, as we finish up today, I just want to ask you, where do you believe that Jesus got his authority from? Where do you believe that God's word come from? How willing are you to put your trust, your hope, your life into it and see it lived out as a witness for others? You know, I think it's time for us to flesh out God's Word in our lives um, more than ever. I, I think today's time, with all the things going on in the world, with what we're seeing, guys, it's so evident that it's time to put our complete trust and faith in Jesus to understand that He has the authority of God and that we should put our trust and faith and hope in Him and His Word um, to give Him glory and honor and to help build His kingdom in these last few days. So that's what I want to finish with today. Let me pray for you and I'll let you go. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together, to read your word, to talk, to pray, to to read scripture. Lord, it is such an amazing privilege. I pray that we would put our trust and faith in you. I pray that we would have faith. I pray that you would help us not to doubt. I pray that we would believe that you have authority to do all things. Um because you do whether we believe it or not and we can be a part of that if we believe it in our own lives so lord we love you today we thank you for everything and we ask all this in jesus name amen all right guys thanks again for tuning in for another week we love you we're praying for you we will finish up chapter 21 next week and if you can't catch us in service this weekend on campus then watch us on facebook youtube or listen to the podcast have a great week guys